one. And welcome to the Instant Reaction podcast wow. and sports roundup mm-hmm. for the Cogito Ergo Oro podcast. I'm joined tonight by my three pals, Taylor, Will, and Josh. I'm Jake Hunter. Um, and we're we're here to review and share a few thoughts about the massive Iowa basketball game that just occurred. But before we get to that, we've got some breaking news. Guys, it's looking like Deuce Hogan might be transferring out of the University of Iowa. Stop. My what? Oklahoma. Uh, so there, 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 it hasn't even formally happened yet, but the, there are, there's a lot of smoke on the message boards and other outlets, not just the message boards, other outlets, but there's no formal announcement yet, but there seems to be a lot of momentum for Deuce uh, looking elsewhere. For next football season this is the worst breaking news you've ever given me does this mean we're getting spencer rattler because i don't know how i feel uh, about that no uh, now i'm gonna be grumpy the rest of the podcast yeah well, i was ready to deuce down deuce down yeah drop a deuce on the ready. rest of the, <laughs> yes. the rest of the big 10 oh we're never gonna be good i say as we're going to the conference championship is this the worst day in Iowa sporting history. Easily the worst day of my life. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, um, the Rose Bowl that one time. That was pretty. Was bad. that worse? Though. Yeah. That was really awful. That was pretty rough. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nobody knew that. No. None of you knew that that was the case. No. And uh, so that was full on breaking news. Now it hasn't actually been released. So I'm, I'm possibly breaking this on a podcast for the first time. Um, but there seems to be a lot of, a lot of, a lot of smoke surrounding the Deuce Hogan training. If yeah. you, if you, if you check the socials and ch- check the the most reliable source of mm-hmm. news, which is the uh, Yahoo Rivals message boards. Um, oh yeah, definitely mm-hmm. super reliable. Lots, lots of lots of chatter. So the yeah. other the other podcasts tend to be sick when they know you broke this yep. news first. Yeah. So um, I'm not attaching my name to this. I'm just saying sources are telling me mm-hmm. that sources close to the program, and by close, I mean they post on message boards and a few Twitter users have done this, but yeah, I guess I, yeah, I, in a way I am breaking this on, on the, yeah. the podcast. So preemptively, even though nobody, he hasn't even officially left yet. I just want to say on behalf of Iowa of the Hawkeye nation, we're, we're on your side dues, no matter where you go, as long as it's not Iowa state, or Nebraska, or Minnesota, or Wisconsin, or anywhere in the Big Ten, um, or really anywhere in the Big 12, or really anywhere in the Power Five. But if he were to go to a group of five team, like, I don't know, like a team in, I because like half the group of five teams are going to be in the Big 12 next year. But um, if he went to... You know, Iowa lower Western level team. University. Iowa West. If he went to Iowa Western Community College, yeah. I would go watch. Them. I would go watch them. 
routinely yeah, here in Council true. Bluffs. So, however, I'd still be salty. Thus ends potentially ends the saga of the uh, the fantastic Texas recruit. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah. So some people are speculating speculation corner here uh, yeah. message board report um, that it may have something to do with well there are a couple factors one of them is um, the fact that true freshman mm-hmm. Joey Labus mm-hmm. has been like really good in practice allegedly nice. like really 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 good uh, like potentially could be starting next year yeah well good it'd be hard um, to be worse than what we've shown I'd, so far. i mean I'd personally, I'd personally prefer that if he's even decent what's um, his 40 time faster than any of the other guys but is that good i don't know i don't i haven't hand timed his how 40, fast so that's the only Could reliable he stanley in a race i now say for sure but I'm almost 100% sure he'd probably beat Nate Stanley in a race. Okay, I'm all in. He would probably be any of our other quarterbacks in a race. Yeah, locked in for Labus. So I'll locked start, in I'll for Labus. Right locked, locked in, in for Labus. So, mm-hmm. yeah, part of that. And then another thing that maybe didn't help, who knows, is on Friday after the Iowa-Nebraska game, uh, Kirk said, Kirk Ferentz, Coach Kirk Ferentz, uh, Moon family head coach Kirk Ferentz. You don't have to keep adding on the yeah, titles because Iowa has endowed their head coaching position instead of using that money to, I don't know, get good recruits or something like that. Oof, um, that's illegal. So, yeah. Well, uh, even um, with NIL, that's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he's said after the game in the, in the post game press conference that they've been dealing with the flu all week and that potentially both uh, Spencer Petras and Alex Padilla were dealing with it. And they were, there was some concern that neither of them would be able to play Mm -hmm. in the game on Friday. They ended up both playing. Um, But Kirk said that if they would have had to go, if they would have had to run deuce out there as the starter, that he might've just stayed in Iowa city. Ooh. I'm not even, I'm not even, like, I'm not even paraphrasing. Oh. Yeah. That so, is a dagger. Oh. Yeah. Firing right now. Yeah. So. Wow. I'm sure that didn't help the situation. Um, no, he, he definitely not. didn't say that in, like, a complete, like, he definitely was, there's an air of humor that, but, like, even the fact that you would say that. That's something Scott little, Frost would say yeah. in all seriousness. Well, Scott Frost would say players. it about a player who had just played. That's true. He'd be um, like, honestly, some people are saying my coaching isn't looking very good. Have you seen my players? Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. trash. Yeah. I wish that they would have never left Bellevue, Nebraska and come to my school. Duh. Yeah. So, so that, yeah. So there's some speculation that that might have something. Obviously, right now, this is not official reporting. I'm mm-hmm. just like, I'm giving you the emerging potential news that real journalists can't even say yet. Yeah. But as something beyond a journalist, as the <laughs> Cogito, ergo Cogito blog editor, um, I'm willing to, in chief, I'm willing to step out and, and semi break this news. Yeah. In, so in my podcast sphere, this is broken. So consider it broken. If he doesn't transfer, 
uh-huh. you can't hold me accountable for what I've said now because <laughs> okay. I'm only reporting what my sources have told me. All right. So I guess you know. But if discretion but if, isn't a thing. But if it does happen, you can say that I broke it first. Okay. So okay, okay, Coach K. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So true. Yeah. So wow. opening the pod with a little bit of a twist. Yeah, yeah, I'm Taylor's been I've just been kind thrown of yeah, Taylor's kind of just been like staring off into the distance a little dazed for the last five minutes or so. What happens when your heart when your heart breaks? Yeah. Our king deuce <sighs> might might be heading elsewhere. I guess we coming to a national title Georgia team near you, probably. Make a pun. Oh, go for it. I guess we've really dropped that deuce. <sighs> wow. Well, wow. I guess you won't really say segment. the deuce is loose. <laughs> All right, and now we're gonna move to the next segment. Had to get the last word in there. All right. Um. Yeah. Why not? So why not just beat me down? A we little might have to have an official, an official day of mourning in the next uh, moment of silence. Yeah, moment of silence. Preemptively. Okay, that sounds good. Right now, we're going to hold a five-second moment of silence preemptively for the thought that Deuce Hogan might possibly be <laughs> might possibly be entering the transfer portal in the near future. Thank you. I'm crying. That was yep. five. That was a full five seconds. So, yep, uh, you'll be you'll be on our minds and in our hearts, Deuce. Uh, no matter where you are beyond our hearts and in our minds. Yep. So anyway, getting back to some news that has already happened, uh-huh. the Iowa Virginia basketball game tonight. Yeah. Uh, it happened. It did exist. It happened. Will didn't watch it. So he doesn't actually know that it happened. I guess that is true. But How do I know uh, the other, the, the three of us did uh, Josh, uh, what were what were some of your in- initial takeaways from the Hawkeyes' thrilling 75-74 win on the road in Charlottesville mm-hmm. against the uh, 2019 national champion Virginia Cavaliers? Oh, I didn't even know. Yeah, I was encouraged. Um, I thought that we played well in the first half, and we played well enough in the second half to keep the game on our side. Um, I thought we did not do tremendously um, in the last 10 minutes of the game. Keegan Murray did get injured for about a minute, but um, he didn't really have any role in our offense um, after about the 10-minute mark, which was not helpful and almost cost us the game. But um, D1's leading scorer still had 18 points against the best defense in the country. Um, and, yeah, that's all I, all I got to say. Yeah, for those who were unable to watch the game, uh, including one of the four people on this podcast. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yep. Uh, so Iowa was at one point in the first half up by 21 points. Um. Yeah, they were playing very well uh, on both ends of the floor. Really, um, they were shooting. They were shooting like they were shooting 
well beyond just being a good offensive team. They were just hitting a lot of extra shots, even on top of that, which helped a lot. But uh, they were playing really well. Uh, Virginia closed the first half on a 6-0 run in the last like minute or so to cut it to a 14 point game at halftime. So they were up 44 to 30 at halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Virginia just like really settled down offensively. They started hitting shots. They were not hitting any threes in the first half. And then they got scorching hot in the second half. Yeah. Uh, finished seven of nine in the second half, which mm-hmm. is uh, about 78% for you math majors at home. Well, Feel free to check that. Um, I'm not going to. I'm just going to trust you. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm just repeating what they said on the broadcast. Oh, okay. So uh, you can blame ESPN if I got that one wrong. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they shot a lot better. Iowa got really stagnant on offense in the second half. Part of that is Virginia plays really good defense. Uh, even if they, you know, even a a lesser Virginia team like this one compared to the elite ones of the past, uh, still plays really good defense. And yeah, like Josh said, I think that they. They got away from Keegan Murray and Virginia came all the way back and took a lead for the first time uh, since the first minute of the game with just over a minute left, I believe. Um, And then they traded baskets and then Joe Toussaint Mm -hmm. hit a little, a little jumper or a little, yeah, a little bit of a jumper, banked it in from about 10 feet away with eight seconds left. He hit the jank. Hit the jank. The jump bank. Yes, the jump bank. Yes. The jank. That's that's a new. Uh, you the, heard the it stats, before. The stats people have really been using that one. Do 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 do. Breaking oh. news. There's a new move. It's called the jank, and the jank. you're not doing it. You're lame. Mm. Yep. Joe Toussaint with his patented jank uh, from ten from about ten feet away to put the Hawks up uh, with eight seconds left, and then. Uh, Kia Clark, the Virginia point guard, missed a, a little bit of a runner, but they got an offensive rebound with about a less than a little under a second left on what was definitely an offensive foul, but uh, was uncalled. And the guy who fouled, but also got the rebound, mm-hmm. was stuffed by the incredible Patrick McCaffrey to preserve the one point victory. So. P-Mac. Yep. Initially, Jordan Bohannon ran from like behind Patrick McCaffrey yep. after the block happened. And the cognitive dissonance that I experienced yep. thinking Jordan Bohannon had jumped up there and blocked that shot. I was like, there's no way. If you get blocked by Jordan Bohannon, they just end the game right there yeah. and took the win to Iowa, regardless of the score. Cause so no, Jabo didn't block the shot. Nope. But though he did play well tonight. Yeah. We can you know, we'll be honest on this I'll podcast. Yep, I'll admit it. So for those who um, obviously we didn't have a podcast la- during last season, mm-hmm. uh, I w- but during the course of the season, I was not a particularly huge fan of the uh, inclusion of Jordan Bohannon and Connor McCaffrey yeah. or and or either or uh, in the lineups that they had at least it, definitely not as much as they were in. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh when he's hitting threes, he is kind of a force of nature. And yep. so, you know, one of, tonight was kind of one of those nights. And he hits massive, 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 massive threes down the stretch. So I'll give him props. 
props. This is a respect Jabo when he's good podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Disrespect him when he's bad. <laughs> um, but tonight he was good, so I'll give him credit for we'll that. We'll put a little respect on him. I'll tonight. put a little respect on Jordan Bohannon yeah. tonight. Not too much, just a little. No, just a little. Sprinkle little. it on. Okay. Uh, his defense still leaves a lot to be desired. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, but yeah, he played pretty well tonight. Uh, I was right. I took some. I took some notes during the the yeah. the game tonight briefly, just to kind of. Uh, you know, keep, keep some chronicle, some of the things that were going on that were working, especially in the first half for Iowa. And I thought a lot of it was, um, well, not a lot of it, but there were a few times when they kind of posted Keegan Murray up uh, in like the short corner, kind of near the baseline, about 10 feet out from the hoop Mm -hmm. and then just kind of isolated him and cleared out and let him go to work. And they got a couple layups. He took a guy, you know, and, and, and worked him down into the post and, and made, you know, some shots over some guys. He had some really nice passes. And I, I had this epiphany, the epiphany mm-hmm. that Iowa should just basically turn Keegan Murray into LeBron. Like, oh, he's like gonna punch somebody LeBron now. Yes. Yeah. With sans the punching in the face, oh, okay. but um still a lot of wine and the the fraudulent uh rings and the needing to join a super team to win anything um but i kind of want them to play it when when the when the matchup is is right i mean i think they can run their offense against certain teams and be just fine but if they're they're playing a good defense and they'll probably play a number of them in the big 10 um they should just isolate Keegan Murray and just let him go to work basically. And then cut off of that. That's basically what LeBron does. Cause he's a ball hog, mm-hmm. but Keegan Murray would do it um, because he's a good player. And so that's kind of what I thought that they should do. And uh, so if Fran hears this, uh, do more of that kind of play like an NBA team as opposed yeah. to a college team. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause mm-hmm. Keegan Murray is an NBA level player. But if yep. you, LeBron, do we have to start calling Keegan Mickey or? Well, yeah, like uh, <laughs> Keegan Mickey. <laughs> Mickey. Um, yeah. King Keegan. There you go. No, I don't like that. No. Um, That's something pretentious. Other people, other people <laughs> play like it too. I just, LeBron's been doing it longer than other people. So. Uh, I, that was something that they haven't really done before where they just kind of like post Keegan Murray up. Okay. I haven't seen it against a good team, I guess is what I should say when we're playing against Longwood and, you know, another, you know, other like barely division one level teams. Yeah. Uh, like he can kind of do whatever he wants, mm-hmm. but against like legitimately good teams, I think that's what they should do. So yeah. anybody have any pushback for that? It's kind of like it's kind of like when you said, you know, in the last pod, mm-hmm. we need le- a little less sportsmanship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iowa needs to be a little bit less of a team on offense, and just kind of <laughs> a little bit less teamwork. No, they they I'm, are. I'm okay. With that. One of the things. Okay, this is this is another take. One of the things that's always just absolutely bizarre to me watching Iowa basketball teams is how intelligent they're they the players play on offense like how well they play passing the ball and cutting and Mm -hmm. getting shots and stuff like that and then how dumb they play on defense i just don't understand how that can be the case 
because I feel like if you're like a moderately low, like intelligent, like from a basketball IQ standpoint, yeah. like defense should come decently naturally at that point. You just mm-hmm. like know how to read the game. A lot of defenses read and react. Yeah. Um, and so why on earth is Iowa so good at reading and reacting on offense, but so poor at on defense? Cause right. they're, they're probably not as, over the course of the year, they probably will be a better defensive team than last year's team, mm-hmm. but they're still just like kind of shockingly inept when it comes to decision making. Yeah. Uh, on the defensive side. Another take is putting it out there in the ether so that in the future, when uh, we give up 95 points to a one in 23 Nebraska team, um, that you can come back to this and be like, oh, wow, Jake was right. They don't play good defense most of the time. That'll be the true take out of this podcast that actually happens. Deuce is going to end up starting next year really good. And then we're actually going to get beat by a one in 23 Nebraska team. I don't want it to happen, no. but I'm just saying, looking into the, the crystal ball. It's not very uh, Christian. To try into the Christian can. ball. No. Oh. You can't. Okay. Um, anybody have any other thoughts about Iowa basketball going forward? Next game on the road in House of Horrors for this team. No. Mackey Arena for Purdue. Yeah, that's pretty upsetting to me too, yeah. Josh. We're going to lose by 50. I'm worried, though. But we could we could be what if, the team in the country. But what if we didn't? Nah. Yeah, I don't know. We always play poorly against, yeah. at, like, against Purdue and especially at Purdue, yeah. really in any sport. Right. But even, Not wrestling. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna Sorry, say, wrestling team. I just ruined all your chances. Taylor just jinxed our wrestling team so poor, like so much. Oh my goodness. FYI, um, in the picks in the picks this week, I did pick Nebraska to make Iowa win, and it did work. So technically, I I put in the chat Nebraska, but it's to make Iowa win. So then you were won. you were trying to I, little, I little reverse psychology. psychology. Did. Yeah. yeah, and so you were, sorry for anyone I ever cheer for. I'm sorry, Iowa wrestling. Yep. I want to go on record. Brands Brothers, I'm sorry. Yep. You heard it here. Purdue's probably going to beat Iowa in wrestling. Oh, man. I'm reverse reverse jinx. Okay, now. that's so, okay. Um, versus broken people. Yeah. Anybody have any other thoughts? Any big takeaways going forward? Uh, can't think of anything. Keegan's a first round pick, almost for sure. He better be. Mm-hmm. Um, on the the broadcast tonight, they were saying that Iowa was picked to finish ninth in the Big Ten, and that Iowa is definitely not finishing ninth in the Big Ten. They're going to be better than that. Good. So. Um, you're darn right. We're gonna finish eighth, eighth or seventh. Mm-hmm. No, I think that I think they're a pretty decent team, honestly. Like, I they're a lot different than last year's team. Yeah, uh, I would love to have this year's team and a Luca Garza, <laughs> wouldn't everybody? Yeah, but um, they're a different team. There's a lot of athleticism mm-hmm. generally around the team that mm-hmm. has not been there before. Yeah, 
Um, both the Murrays, they're good players. Yeah. Chris had another good game tonight as well. So the Murrays. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was very unimpressed in the beginning with Philip Robracha. Um, I was a lot more impressed in the middle and then he missed a bunch of free throws at the end. And so um, I think that he might have to be like, this is another take that we're going to put in. uh, I'm going to put out in the ether that he might need to be a guy that like he comes in at the end of like after the first TV timeout and then has to be off the court by the last TV timeout. That seems fair. Yeah, He can play the entire time in between that. And that's how we met. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is obviously, yeah. Agunale must be dealing with some injuries because he didn't get any minutes tonight. So He's good, so. Yeah, Josh Agunale. This is a Josh Agunale fan yes. podcast yeah. here. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, it is. All right, staying with the Iowa – or the, the yeah, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, let's, let's do – let's touch on a, a, a little development uh, in the positive sense the Iowa football team is going to the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. Let's go. Don't know how it happened, but we made it. Let's go. We don't have to lose by 50 to Ohio State. That's true. Instead, we can do it with Michigan. Yes. Just kidding. I, I'm not going to say anything, actually. Congrats to Wisconsin for yeah. absolutely fumbling yeah. that away. Um. The Big Ten West this year mm-hmm. was basically – it was kind of a war of attrition. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you think about the fact that Iowa at one point on Friday was down 21-6 to against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, and how then after that – you know, who would have thought at that point that Iowa had any chance – to yeah. go to the Big Ten Championship. But look, here we are. Look, here we are. And we don't have to play Ohio State. Honestly, I think that's a plus. Um, mm-hmm. I think we match up pretty well with Michigan in general. Mm-hmm. We usually play them pretty tough. Yeah. Um, I think that they will have a little bit of a letdown. They may not. They may not. Um, but I think they will have a bit of a letdown mm-hmm. and who knows, they might be overlooking Iowa a little bit. And if they get into an Iowa type of game, there are like no teams that know how to win Iowa football style games like Iowa does. Mm-hmm. Um, the only two games that Iowa lost this year, they got blown out to a degree. Right. So if it's close, uh, you just know for sure that like Charlie Jones is going to, break a 40-yard punt, and Iowa's going to go three and out, but kick a long field goal to win it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pretty standard Hawkeye football right there. That's Iowa football. Um, it'll be fun. Yeah, hard to – it's pretty much – I mean, the you know, it's the analogy. Like, Iowa is essentially playing with house money at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they really don't have any pressure on them, I would yeah. think. It's, it's all a bonus. Yeah. As long as we don't lose by 70. Right. So. Yeah. That's, just glad. That's pretty. Iowa football 2021. We're just glad to be here. It is exactly. the most accurate statement I've heard on this subject. Some of the season I was not glad to be here, but. But I'm glad to be here now. Kind of a miraculous 10 and 2. Yes. Yeah. There were some times where I felt like we were Owen, Owen. Three and nine. Yeah. 
felt like we were not good. For, I felt like we were Nebraska. For my, my take has been for a few weeks that mm-hmm. I think Michigan State and Michigan mm-hmm. are closer in caliber to mm-hmm. Iowa yeah. than Ohio State. Now, obviously, Michigan just beat Ohio State. Now, Michigan just beat Ohio State. Uh-huh. But, I, I mean, like, you look, so, like, I mean, things can swing quite a bit from week to week. I mean, right. you look at what, like, Michigan State beat Michigan and mm-hmm. then the next week got handled by Purdue. Mm-hmm. Like, things like that can happen in a one-week span. Yeah. And I just don't think that there is – like, I don't think Michigan is necessarily the caliber of team that they looked like on Saturday this past right. week. Yeah. So – might be a good game. Yeah, might be. Well, I won't. If it's close, it won't be a good no, no. game. It'll be a very Iowa game. Yeah. But it might be a competitive game. Yeah, yeah. That's a better way to describe we'll it. We'll find out. Yes. Uh, sticking with the, uh, unless anybody has any other deep thoughts to share. No, I don't want to say anything about yeah. how it's going to go. Who's going to win? As a fan of the mind. sport, I think it would yeah. be great if it was a close game. And if Iowa won, I think that'd be good for the sport. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think it'd be great for the sport because Bama might get in, but oh, that's okay. I don't know if that's going to make a difference. That's mm-hmm. fair. But all right, I guess since we're talking about stuff, other you know stuff from the weekend, we can uh, take a, a light pivot to the game that we were just alluding to: Michigan, Ohio State. We were we had this one on uh, at the the family house in in Boone, mm-hmm. uh, watching this one huge game. Um, Michigan had lost the last seven hundred and fifty games against Ohio State. That's unofficial, but essentially, they had lost the last uh, several games to Ohio mm-hmm. State, um, but came out and played. Uh, uh, I mean, a really good game and honestly physically dominated Ohio State, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, winning 40, 42 to uh, 27, I believe, was the final score. Uh, anybody have any thoughts about what went down in Ann Arbor? Not really. Yeah. I, I think Michigan's good, but I don't think they're unbeatable. Yeah, I would say <clears throat> I think Michigan played their best game of the season by far last week. I really don't think that they're going to keep up that kind of success. Um, I think that if Ohio State went back and played them again, I think they'd game plan a little better. Um, they'd sell out more for the run because uh, Michigan doesn't know how to pass the football. And I think that I think Ohio State would win in a rematch. Um, but I think Michigan did play pretty well. And so they, they do deserve to be in the Big Ten Championship for taking care of business when it mattered. So. Mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. yeah the um the it was a it was a game of exercising some demons it just kind of felt yeah. like it just felt like you know the whole um it was just it was just that day it you know a lot of momentum and just kind of michigan just kind of rode with that and played obviously extremely well and mm-hmm. and it just was kind of one of those special days for michigan and suddenly it's kind of 
wild how quickly the opinion of the fan base uh, at Michigan towards Jim Harbaugh changed after that game. Now they like love him Mm -hmm. and think he's like the best coach in the country. Whereas like literally probably like three or four weeks ago, they were like, he's, we should fire him and we need to move on. And he's not able to capable of winning the big games. He finally won one though. And he got a little cocky afterwards sharing what I think is the quote of the week and essentially saying uh, some people were born on third base and thought that they hit a triple about Ryan day Mm -hmm. at Ohio state. Yes. Essentially. Um, insinuating for those who may not know for sure but insinuating that ryan day that ryan day is not very good at baseball also that ryan day is very fortunate to be uh to have inherited a program that urban meyer built yeah well is he wrong he's not wrong necessarily no but also i mean ryan day's been pretty successful in his own right uh, a lot of the players on the field on Saturday were players that um, Ryan Day recruited, not Urban Meyer. But, but alas, yeah, the rivalry—it's—it's yeah. it's back a little bit. Amen. It's actually a rivalry again. Yep. So, and then Michigan's going to graduate all their players, and they're going to get slapped next year because Ohio State still has everything. So. And they're going to get slapped on Saturday. Word. Yep. Hawk down. Hawk down. Hawk, hawk, uh, well, anybody have any more thoughts about the the game? Mm-mm. Yeah, just a battle to see who gets to lose to Iowa in the Big Ten championship. So, so, yeah, kind of a consolation game almost. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations to Ohio State for being third, the third best yeah. team in the Big Ten. Do you think Ten. Ohio State Thank you, game on purpose so that they wouldn't have to play us and get embarrassed? I I think we have to really consider that as yeah. a possibility that Ohio State was intentionally lost to michigan just to save face yeah so these are the questions we ask ourselves yep i i'm not afraid to ask the question all right we're not afraid to ask the question here so um moving on to another heated rivalry oklahoma oklahoma state bedlam uh another team that has been dominated in the rivalry rivalry recently uh, in the Oklahoma State Cowboys have found a way to, um, to I guess, even the score for a year at least and uh, took, a, took a big win against the Sooners to knock the Sooners out of um, Big 12 championship contention and playoff contention. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and, yeah, and uh, – keep their own playoff hopes alive um, going forward. So yeah, Oklahoma state, big win. Um, and what it was probably the worst game of college football we've watched in a long time. It was a very undisciplined game of college football. That's for sure. Yes. Very big 12. I mean, very entertaining. Um Oklahoma jumped off sides about 45 times in that game. Uh, yeah, I called for about six of them, but uh, yeah. So Oklahoma State 
Mike Gundy. Uh, I think that was the first time that he won, either the first or second time that he's, I believe it was the first though, time that he's won Bedlam uh, as a coach. And so, yeah, maybe it, maybe it was the second time. Uh, good week for the, the Pokes and tough week for the Sooners who had such a devastating loss that their coach left them the very next day. Yes. Um, Lincoln Riley has since elected to leave Oklahoma and take, uh, and take the job opening at the University of Southern California, mm-hmm. um, which was a, a very major move yesterday yeah um a lot of a lot of big jobs opening up this year the coaching carousel as people like to call it uh set up to be one of the one of the wilder ones in 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 memory recent memory uh that was a big piece uh people were not i don't think people were sure that lincoln riley was gonna leave or anything like that and so that was a little bit shocking especially with how fast it happened after they had just lost but yeah, that was kind of a big a big domino to fall. Uh, Florida also hired Billy Napier, mm-hmm. the coach of the Louisiana, former coach of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Um, roll Cajuns, roll Cajuns, and then tonight it was announced that Brian Kelly of Notre Dame is moving to on to the LSU job in what is. Honestly, somewhat of a lateral move, maybe a little, a little bit of a step up. I honestly don't think it's a very good hire for LSU, but they didn't have very many good options. So, mm-hmm. what does that all mean? Um, I think it's a big, I think it's a big move for USC. I think USC is the big winner so far. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually have a competent coach, and if USC has a competent coach, they're going to be really good because there are a lot of advantages in that program. Um, and so they'll, they will be good. Pac 12, big winners there. Uh, big 12, Oklahoma, some losers there. I think the Oklahoma isn't as big of a deal, but I think that some of the bigger coaching names, possibly Matt Campbell, will now be moving on because of some, some of the other movement. Uh, yeah. Oklahoma, I would say Oklahoma is a fairly big loser, although there are rumors that they are going to hire Clemson defensive coordinator Brent Venables, which I think would be a fairly a pretty good hire. So we will see the carousel is in full swing right now. Um, But yeah, who knows how it'll stop. But yeah, some pretty big movements there. What do you guys like, you know, obviously, you know, people would think that Oklahoma is probably one of the bigger jobs in, in the sport, one of the better jobs in the sport. Um, but clearly a Lincoln Riley likes something about USC more mm-hmm. than, than his future looked at Oklahoma. Uh, are there any, I guess if, if each of you were to pick one job, um, what would you, what would, what would you say is like the dream job? For you personally, and why would you pick that? Yeah, Taylor, do you have an answer? Yeah, I do. Um, so I went with. Now this is going to be a big surprise to everyone. I picked Iowa because I don't really follow any other sports programs in depth. Also, I got some some really big brain thoughts about this as well. 
I don't think I would ever get fired. I feel like when's the last time Iowa fired a coach before he died? Uh, last year when Chris Doyle got kicked out. That's for a totally different thing. Okay. Okay. Um, just don't be racist. Yeah. No, not, it's not even hard. Um, I couldn't get fired for coaching bad. Mm. Also, I wouldn't really have to know what plays to call. I could essentially just run the same three things over and over. They don't yeah. have to work well. Yeah. Um, but from what I've picked up from watching you play NCA 13, I know a few plays. Four verts. We're just gonna run that every single play. Mm. Yep. And I think it would work. Yeah. Um read option. Probably yep. can't do that. Don't you have to have a fast quarterback for that? We don't have that. Yeah, but you can recruit. Oh, okay. Players. I think I could recruit. Um <laughs> <laughs> and then also. Yeah, I, I like living in the Midwest. Mm. Iowa City is decent. I could be yeah. like Kirk Ferentz and live in Des Moines and commute to Iowa City. Mm. That'd be that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Could get paid a lot. Just continue to have my contract renewed. Get paid like one of the highest salaries or whatever. And that's not true. But he's been coaching for a long time. He has been coaching for a long time. Yeah. So Iowa. Yeah. All right. Go Hawks. Go Hawk. 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 Uh, Will and Josh, what do you guys think? For me, I, this is going to be a, a little bit of a surprise one, and this is kind of a toss-up between two separate programs. They're both of the programs that are in the Big Twelve Championship. I think either Baylor or Oklahoma State would be a really good place to be a coach at, especially right now. Because with Oklahoma and Texas leaving the for the SEC, there's kind of a power vacuum, I guess, at the top of the Big 12 for who's the best program there. Um, and I think both of those programs are really poised to fill it right now. Um, you could really take advantage of that. You could use that a lot for recruiting. Um, constantly being the best team in the Big 12 puts you in a good position to be in the cultural playoff every year, as Oklahoma showed. Um, except for this year, they've done a pretty good job of maintaining like close placement to the college football playoff in most years. So just because of the fact that they're just on top of the Big 12. So I think both those programs have really good options right now. Um, they're both on the upswing. And I think they would both be really good places to be coaches at. One point going forward, obviously, um, you know, what you said definitely holds true, but you, you have to count on one aspect, and that's that the playoff committee views the Big 12 or being the best team in the Big 12 the same way that they viewed it with Oklahoma being at the top. I mean, it's fair, yeah, but also the, the fact that they're picking up like a, a few, few pretty good mid-majors could help boost the, the image of the conference in the in, or in the absence of Oklahoma and Texas, picking up like Cincinnati and stuff is a big deal. Uh, especially with Cincinnati playing well this year, picking up programs that can be consistently like eight and four, nine and threes uh, will really help boost the resume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you were to pick between one or the other, which one would you lean towards? I would say probably Oklahoma state. Cause they've been pretty consistently good, but not like great in the big 12. Um, so them taking up that neck, that next step, I think, uh, would really kind of – I think they're, they're in a little better position at the moment. I think Baylor had a really good year this year, but I'm not sure how repeatable the success is. So I think Oklahoma State's being more consistently good puts them in a little more stable position. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Good points. Good points. I like, I like that. I, I did not think of those schools, but I definitely, I can definitely understand why you'd pick them. Cause I don't think that there is also like a supreme level mm-hmm. of expectation right. from those fan bases. And so, you know, it's reasonable if you're not always 12 and 0, mm-hmm. whereas some other fan bases have some unrealistic expectations. Right. One downside, either way, you don't have a good color scheme. So mm, I like Oklahoma State's colors. You like the orange and the, the orange black. and black. Yeah. It's better than Baylor's. I'm not an orange person. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Anyway. Good stuff. Good stuff. Josh, what are your thoughts? All right. So I picked Iowa for real reasons. Um, oh. Offended. All right. So I, pick, I picked Iowa for, like, actually legitimate reasons. Not that the reasons Taylor gave were not, but um, thinking about how they have made it into the top two this season – They've stayed inside the top 25 the whole season with an abysmal offense. Um, if an uh, outside hire such as myself came in um, to replace the now like 70-something years year old Kirk parents um, and took it over and elevated the offense and made them above, an above average unit with the incredible Phil Parker as a defensive coordinator, um, keeping that defense one of the top ones in the nation, I think Iowa could be a legitimate national title contender pretty regularly um, with a with a decent offense. And also looking at recruiting over the last few years, um, historically Iowa hasn't recruited very well um, or very highly, but they've done a great job of converting low-level recruits into NFL level talent. Um, and I think over the last few years, especially, we've kind of started to tick up and get higher recruits. We haven't obviously competed with schools like Ohio State or Georgia or Alabama or Tennessee, even. Um, but we've gotten four stars and five stars in the last like two. I think, I think we've gotten a five star sometime in the last five years. I think AJ Ness was a five star. Sure um, was. Yeah, we got two four-star receivers last season or last recruiting class that came in this season and both contributed to the offense pretty heavily. Um, we've gotten a decent amount of higher level, higher tier recruits over the last few years. Um, so I think to continue to take that momentum and keep pulling in top tier talent and developing that talent into legitimate like NFL level ability players. Um, I think I was a really, really attractive coaching spot right now. And like, like Will said, um, there's not a ton of expectation. Actually, I think it was Jay. I think you said that there's not a ton of expectation for like Oklahoma state or Baylor to be really good every year. I think it's the same case at Iowa. Um, the fans obviously hold their school to a high standard, but I don't think they're expecting Iowa to compete for the title every year. Um, so I think it's a good a good place to come in and elevate an upcoming, like, legitimate team to an even higher level to compete with schools like Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, 
Even Oklahoma. Um, even Oklahoma. Well, I don't. Oklahoma's <laughs> not a real program anymore. So, but yeah. Good stuff. I definitely leaning into the stability, job stability angle. All three of you, it sounds like to a degree. Um. Josh is basically saying that if he came in with his offensive mind, he could turn Iowa into a playoff contender. Exactly. So we all know I'm the offensive guru. Josh, you're the- on campus. You can, you should whip up a playbook and go into the you know the the football building and and, and state your case. On why you Kirk- have Kirk's son's job instead of Kirk's son. And then obviously you take, or I mean, I I guess you could make the argument to Kirk that you should have his job. Mm-hmm. I could. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. My thoughts when it came to this were, yeah, there are kind of a couple different angles that you can take when it comes to picking a, a job. If you're a coach, mm-hmm. you can choose a place that is going to afford you a great lifestyle and stability and that you can build a program but there you're not going to be in the hot seat if you have a down year um a lot of those programs aren't necessarily competing for national championships every year but they are you know there are a lot of very solid programs that aren't necessarily going to you know churn through coaches every other year or so um, so that that's appealing to certain people. And then to other people, obviously the competitive drive to try to win national championships. Um, and that is a different section of jobs. Um, I guess if I were to pick a place in the former category um, of the two, uh, I, I guess some ideas, I think Iowa would definitely be one of them. Um, They've got a pretty prolonged stretch of solid success. Um, They've shown a very strong aversion to firing coaches Mm -hmm. in general. Um, Iowa is a nice place to live. Cost of living is low. Mm -hmm. Um, The weather isn't phenomenal, which is a thing that people do care about uh, quite a bit. But I definitely think Iowa would definitely be one of the more appealing jobs in that category. You're unlikely to ever ascend to the level of an Alabama, Ohio State, uh, Georgia, because better than Ohio State. well, we 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 might already be better than Ohio State, but it's unlikely that you're ever going to be at quite that level uh, unless you went on a very long stretch of very 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 high success and even then i don't think you'd um you'd be able to because i think another factor in what makes certain jobs appealing is their geographic location because of recruiting footprints um and iowa is definitely not one of the strongest ones in that in that sense um they obviously iowa is not a supremely populous state um, and there is, at least as of now, another power conference program in the same state that competes for recruits in your own backyard. To a degree, Iowa wins almost all of the recruiting battles still. But um, 
from a from a recruiting perspective, Iowa is not in the most advantageous spot. Um, overall, if I was going for if I wanted to maximize and have the best chance of running the most successful program, mm-hmm. I would probably lean towards Ohio State out of all of them. And the reason is for like 50 years, they've had like one year where they were like six and six. And like every other year, it seems like they're at least winning a minimum of nine games. And most of the time they're winning 10, 11, 12. Um, One of the factors that you have to consider is the tradition of the school and not necessarily because the history of a team holds all of the weight when it comes to recruiting or things like that. But generally more successful programs have a lot more fans who are able to financially back that program. And so if you have a very strong history, um, chances are you have pretty good financial backing. And that is something that you have to have in a uh, successful program. Uh, Schools like, you know, Texas A&M, may not necessarily have a, an incredible history, but they have a, obviously a very good recruiting footprint and they have a lot of alumni that are very invested in the program. And that's what makes it one of the more um, powerful mm-hmm. uh, programs. Although they, I would say they under, they underperform pretty regularly. Tennessee is another example. Very, 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 very invested. They have very strong history. A lot of buy-in from their fan base, a lot of money put into the program, Um, but they have definitely underperformed. But I would say Ohio State, I mean, there's there's not a better model of consistency of being like consistently elite year in and year out for long periods of time across different coaching regimes uh, than Ohio State. So that would be the one that I would pick Mm -hmm. Um, because they've shown that you know, even as demographics over the years have shifted to populations being more in the South, you know, in the warmer climates, which really benefits, you know, like the SEC, um, Ohio State has still shown that they were, you know, they recruit at a national, you know, elite level every year, regardless of whether they have a high percentage of their recruits in their own backyard um, Mm -hmm. that they may have had in years past. But Anyway, that's 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 generally my thoughts on the subject. But I, I enjoyed listening to all of your thoughts. I liked Will's picks on the, the Big 12. I think that's definitely something to consider. If if that is a program that or a conference that's respected, uh, even somewhat similar to what it is right now after they add those new teams and there's enough weight within that conference to keep them you know at the table with the the major conferences like the sec and the big 10 uh those would definitely be two of the uh pretty pretty appealing jobs mm-hmm. to be in because it's mm-hmm. like you have a a quick avenue to playoff contention but anyway thanks guys for for tuning in or for for um contributing to that um going forward we'll just uh we're, heading, we're getting closer to the end. I'll just give you a quick rundown of uh, conference championship week coming up. I think it's going to be a great week. Obviously, the aforementioned 
Iowa Hawkeyes taking on the Michigan yeah. Wolverines uh, in the Big Ten Championship. Uh, obviously, Iowa's going to win that game, so we don't really need to spend too much time talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Arguably the biggest game of the weekend, at least from a ranking standpoint, the SEC Championship, obviously, with Alabama versus Georgia. Anybody have any quick, just real quick opinions on that? Hopefully this game's a blowout. It's a good take. Hopefully it's a blowout. Yep. Mm-hmm. Obvious. I assume you're talking Georgia blowing Alabama yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I don't think Alabama is particularly great this year. Um, and I don't know. We'll find out if Georgia – I mean, they haven't – they really haven't played a bona fide contender yet. I mean, I think every week their schedule looks a little bit worse mm-hmm. for the most part. But they have destroyed everybody like a very good team would. So it'll be it'll be good to see them playing a an elite-ish team in Alabama. Uh, Oregon, Utah. Utah won this game pretty handily a couple weeks ago. We think that that's going to be repeated in the championship, or we think it swings around the other way. I think it'll be close. I feel Will, like it's going to swing. Will, you were nodding. What do you think, Will? I think Oregon uh, will probably play better than they did against Utah before. I think Utah is just going to probably do a little bit of adjustment in their game plan. I don't think they're going to approach it from the same way. So I think they'll they'll still eventually pull away. Um, I don't know if it'll be quite as dominant, but I do think I do think Utah is the better team. I think Oregon played really well earlier this year against um, Ohio State, and they just kind of coasted off of that for the rest of the year. So I, I do think that Utah is going to get the dub this week, and I think they're going to do. Uh, I think they're going to play uh, pretty well still against Oregon. An Iowa Utah Rose Bowl, potentially. Wow, Ooh. wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Oh yeah. So you think you think Oregon wins? Yeah. They win by a lot? No. I don't think Oregon's capable of winning by a lot against a good team at mm-hmm. this point. Um, I think I personally think Utah wins, but I think it'll be closer than the last one. I think the last one was kind of is kind of similar. Not it was more dominant. And I don't want to keep saying I don't want to like hint that the Michigan beating Ohio State win was fluky, but there are just some games where kind of everything just happens the right way. Mm-hmm. Feels like that Utah win against Oregon was kind of one of those games, um, but I still think Utah's the better team. Uh, I don't, I'm not that impressed by Oregon at this point. So, uh, Big Twelve Championship, Oklahoma not in it for the first time it seems like in a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Baylor, Oklahoma State. Anyone got any quick picks or thoughts on that? I got Oklahoma State. That's probably what I would go with too. Yeah, so Oklahoma State beat Baylor earlier this year. I think it's – I'm I'm glad that this is the matchup because I think these are the actual two best teams in the conference. So, um, I think it'll be fun to watch. I It really is kind of toss-up to a degree. Um, I think Oklahoma State has more to play for um, to a slight edge. Um, but Oklahoma State, like if they win this, I would, I would think that they're – practically a lock to make the playoff it depends on what happens but i do think that i would think that they'd be deserving of the playoff if they won regardless of what happens above them so um big game though the big 12 that should be fun i think that'll be a fun game to watch um acc been a down year for the conference 
AKA Clemson wasn't as good as normal. And that's really all they've got going for them as a conference. Um, but kind of a fun offensive matchup between Wake, Forest, and Pitt. Anybody have any quick thoughts before that before that game? Pitt should win, but Josh coming out in favor of Pitt. Mm-hmm. Will you got any thoughts about that? Um, not really. I think that it should be a like you mentioned, it should be a pretty fun game. Um I hope Wake wins just because it's just it's one of those storylines that just is, is just sounds so funny to say that Wake is the ACC champion, but uh, we'll see how game the game goes. Any thoughts? Give me a quick. I like to pick Wake because I think it sounds like they killed the other team. They had to like throw a Wake for them. That's oh, <laughs> there you go. Can't argue with that logic. No. I think I'm just rooting for points in this game. I think there will be a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, both passing offenses, very adept. Um, I would lean Pitt, but I wouldn't be surprised if it went either way. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of – that's the power five. Cincinnati taking on Houston, uh, 11-1 and Houston. Uh, anyone here think that Houston pulls the upset? I think Houston pulls the upset. Will, what do you think? I think that Cincinnati is going to play another close game. And it's going to lead to a lot of comments about how Alabama even had two losses and not really playing that impressively all year should be in front of Cincinnati because of the strength of record. And I think, I think it'll just make it for a very interesting debate on selection Sunday. I agree. I think that that's probably how it plays out. I don't think Cincinnati blows Houston out. They haven't played each other, obviously, so I don't really know how they match up super well. But Cincinnati's looked pretty strong the last couple of weeks. They've looked better than they did for a few weeks uh, going back. But I would I would think Cincinnati I, – I think Cincinnati will win. Um, and I personally think if they win, that should essentially lock them into the playoff because they should get in – like they should get in over a two-loss team from any other conference – I don't, I don't like one loss. I'm fine with the argument and I would lean towards power five, but if it's two losses, especially since they beat Notre Dame, like Notre Dame, that's like a legit win. Um, so yeah. What do you, do you have any thoughts? Roll with the Bearcats um, or roll with the Cougars. Hmm. So I always root for an underdog until there's another underdog playing the underdog. And then I'm kind of like, mm. oh, I kind of want Houston to win. Mm. Um, but no, I don't really care. I feel You don't like, care who wins? No, personally, I feel like if Cincinnati wins, woohoo woo- for them, they're going to lose to whoever they play if they get into the playoff. And if Houston wins, woohoo, they, they beat Cincinnati. So – Laying Wait. Out the place. Oh, go ahead. Really quick. If Houston wins, do they make the playoff? No. <laughs> Probably not. Being that they sure? are, I believe, 24 Iowa's taking right the now. fourth spot. So this this is this is working into I'll I'll, I'll run through it really quick. Okay. The disaster, chaos. I'll say mm. chaos. Obviously, it's not a disaster mm-hmm. to us. The chaos scenario in which Iowa might find a way to sneak into playoff contention Mm -hmm. is Alabama gets destroyed by Georgia, like just destroyed by Georgia. Yeah, I like that. 
Cincinnati loses to Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say really at that point, it's Iowa. Obviously, Iowa has to beat Michigan. Um, I don't think it matters. Yeah, they'd have to win. You know, they'd have to pull a what they did to Ohio State a few years ago and just like come out of nowhere, just blitz mm-hmm. a team. Um, I don't think at that point it would matter who won from the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Um, your the theoretical argument would be obviously Georgia number one, possibly the Big 12 or Notre Dame number two, mm-hmm. then the other one number three, and then Iowa sneaking in at four ahead of one loss Cincinnati, two loss Alabama, non-champ Alabama who got you just got destroyed by Georgia. Um, obviously Michigan who they just beat mm-hmm. and um, like Ohio state. I, I would be curious to see how they would, how they would sort that out because Iowa would have just beat Michigan who had just beat Ohio state, mm-hmm. but there is a chance. Right. I'm saying there's a chance. Yes. <laughs> there is a chance. There is an outside chance. And who would have thought, down 21 to six in Lincoln, Nebraska, mm-hmm. that our Hawkeyes would have like a 0.05% chance of making the playoff. Yeah. But it's there. Yes. So all of your goals are in front of you, Hawks. Go out and get that CFP berth. Um, anybody have any last thoughts before we head out from college football? No. Nope. All right. We'll move on really quick. Uh, wrapping, heading towards wrapping up the pod. Quick Bulls update. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to talk about how the Bulls might not be NBA Finals favorites just after a couple rough, I feel like a few rough performances, but they the it just went final. Bulls beat the Hornets 133 to 19. Nikola Vucevic. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, not 133 to 119. It's just one extra number. It doesn't matter. Um, All that matters is the W. To 119. Sorry about that. Um, Nikola Vucevic dropped 30 points and actually played well for the first time since he became a bull. Um, yeah, they're back. I'm back in. Yeah. So print the shirts. Bulls, All the way back in. Bulls, uh, once again, 2022 NBA champions. So that's your Bulls update. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, since we've covered basically all the main sports, no no Formula One this past week. No. Got an F1 race coming up this upcoming weekend, though. Thank goodness. I'm a ready. A loaded week yeah. of, uh, of sport. So um, I, I'm, in, I'm introducing really quickly now a new segment that we're going to try to do every, every week uh, on the sports podcast, and that is Sports MVP of the Week. Mm-hmm. And so this is where we each go around and we just pick one individual – who impressed us for one in one way or another. And yeah. that is an extremely open, open, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the criteria is very lax on this, but yeah, we're just going to go around and each of us going to pick our sports MVP of the week. So Will, why don't you start us off? My sports MVP of the week is, um, I think his name's TJ Finley, quarterback from Auburn. Uh, got hurt partway through the game, uh, but kept on playing through it. 
It's not his fault that his team lost the game. It's their own stupid play calling that lost him the game. It's not his fault. Um, didn't play in like necessarily all that great, but he kept fighting through it. I got to give him props for that. There you go. Nice. All right. Uh, Taylor, you want to go? Yeah, my MVP of the week is Joe Toussaint because Uh-oh. last year had Joe Toussaint been playing the identical game to tonight, mm-hmm. there were some definitive moments where he would have turned the ball over, mm-hmm. and tonight he didn't. I just respect that. I think he – looking cleaner as a player. Wow. Yeah. Go Hawks. That's what I have to say. Good call. Josh. All right. Before you guys jump on this – um, I picked Lincoln Riley for two reasons. Um, the first, both of them having to do with him transferring to USC. Um, the first is that I do respect him for making the bold move of leaving an already established program and trying to um, restore a um, crumbling program to its former glory. Um, I do have respect for him. I watch his um post-hiring press conference this afternoon live, and I was impressed. I thought he um, did a good job of, like, saying goodbye to the past at Oklahoma and welcoming his bright future ahead of him at USC and getting USC fans and players hyped for the future. Um, And then the second reason why I picked – Lincoln Riley is because I think he just kind of guaranteed who the Heisman was going to be next year. Um, I think Caleb Williams will take the fire of losing their um, all-pro head coach um, Hmm. and use that and also losing all those recruits. Um, I think it'll take – I don't really know how to phrase this, but he'll respond – by going off next year, mm. um, making it look like Lincoln Riley didn't do anything to um, help Oklahoma succeed, um, leading Oklahoma to a 12-0 season, throwing for like 50 touchdowns and five picks. I think he'll just have like an insane year next year. And um, that's that's why I picked Lincoln, because he he's given Caleb this opportunity to uh, respond to adversity and be next year's Heisman. There you go. So you're, you're picking Caleb Williams for next year's Heisman already. <laughs> yes. Already. The season hasn't even ended. I love how your sports MVP pick is a guy that you think is going to be proved to not be that valuable when a guy who – No, I think <laughs> he's going Fair. to – Elevate a different program. I think his absence is going to light a fire under the butt of his former starting quarterback. I see. I so see. I think he's MVP of the week for both of those reasons. So, all right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, my MVP of the week is uh, Aiden Hutchinson um, for Michigan uh, for being a freak. Uh, three sacks, obviously, against Ohio State. Very, 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 very disruptive. He's had an awesome year. And then at the end of the the game, you know, he had some some post game 
uh, comments. Like, obviously, he was talking about how Michigan, you know, this, you know, their performance on Saturday against Ohio State is what they've been building towards all year. But he also uh, took the time to um, talk about what was really important in life and uh, said that they actually, as a team, manifested the win um, themselves. Like, they, they actually, like, put effort into manifesting the win. Uh, and I think that that's a great – I'm not actually I'm, – I'm being sarcastic here. But I think that's – What? Great, no way. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great message for the kids is just go out and – and, and manifest things and manifest your destiny manifest your mm. destiny a great country once said that mm-hmm. so in hutchinson patriotic message you know go manifest it and maybe eventually you'll be able to beat your our tribal after four tries <laughs> but he also had he also had a really good game so like he actually deserves the mvp because he's really good and he's probably honestly been one of the two or three best football players in college this year, but he's not going to win the Heisman because he's on defense. So, yeah, anyway. I beg to differ. But... Uh, begs to differ. Who knows? Maybe he'll have seven sacks against Iowa this week. Yeah. That's I wouldn't rule that out. Yeah. <laughs> Iowa's Aiden's best chance of winning the Heisman. And we still yeah. He has – he. Little did he know he's going to have like this perfect late surge to, to steal the Heisman because he showed out against Ohio State and then got the easiest assignment that he's had all year in having one of Iowa's tackles try to block him. So, um, yeah. Uh, if nobody has any more comments, we'll move on to our final segment, our, our classic two takes. To end out the pod, I will start us off tonight. Yeah. I will start us off tonight with my two takes, and then I'll let you guys take uh, take the reins. Uh, my first take is Duke basketball is winning the national title this year. Um, just kind of hedging off of the fact that Paolo Boncaro, you know, my my draft crush, I guess is is the you know what the what the podcasters say, um, draft crush. Um, I, I, he's, yeah, he's the, the, the draft prospect that I'm a huge fan of this year. Um, overcoming a DWI to show out against Gonzaga. I think that was Mike Krzyzewski, actually. That's what we figured out last week. Well, even more impressive, Mike Krzyzewski, Paolo Boncaro, they beat the DWI and then they beat Gonzaga. I mean, that's a lot of it. That's a, that's good. That's yep. You're right. That's a lot of adversity to overcome in one week period. And yeah, I think that this is a, this is the best Duke team maybe ever. I'm kidding there, but I do think that they are legitimately like a national, the national title possibly favorites. I think they moved, they moved up to number one tonight after beating number one Gonzaga. Um, And I think they'll only get better because they're a pretty young team. Uh, But yeah. That's my that's my stake. Like I already put my stake in the Paolo Boncaro as the best, you know, the best NBA prospect, or at least tied with Keegan Murray. Um, and I think he proved that by clearly outplaying Chet Holmgren when they played each other. And that's obviously the only thing that you need, the only data point that you need to go off of is just how well did they play in that one 40-minute game. Uh, and so yeah, there you go. Duke basketball is winning the national title this year, uh, probably against Iowa. 
um, in the in the championship. But I, I I do think that they end up having a little bit more, a little bit more scoring punch, uh, and they beat the Hawkeyes. Uh, and then take number two is this is the worst NFL season in recent memory. Um, mainly, so arguments against what I'm saying is there have been a lot of really good prime time or like major games like a lot of games where a lot of people are watching, there have been a lot of really good games in those time slots. So like Thanksgiving, you know, the, the Raiders Cowboys game was wait, don't forget about the Lions and the bears. Let me, I, I was building, that was a prime time, best game. but um, obviously the, the Cowboys, you know, the Cowboys Raiders, the even better bears versus lions matchup between uh, you know, two, former playoff quarterbacks in Andy Dalton and Jared Goff. Um, yep. Sorry. Sorry. Former. Just <laughs> former playoff quarterbacks and then thinking of those two guys. Anyway, um, uh, former Super Bowl quarterback Jared Goff. Um, but then, like, you know, a lot of the Sunday night and Monday night football games have tended to be really good games. Um, the, uh, the only thing is I don't think – <clears throat> that there well there, part of it is i don't think that there are really any good mvp candidates this year um i don't think that there have been very many good individual performances like for on a from the season pers- perspective like either they've there we've had really good players but all all of them get hurt essentially uh, obviously derrick henry is probably the chief example of that where if he wasn't hurt he'd probably be the clear mvp at this point but He's been out for a while and he'll probably be out for at least a couple more weeks. Um, all of the quarterbacks haven't played that well for the most part, the top tier quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, He's been worse this year. Kyler Murray has been hurt. Um, Lamar was good for a while. And then he has reverted to bad, bad running back Lamar Jackson. Um, Tom Brady's been fine. He hasn't been incredible. I would say he's, you know, definitely got a chance to elevate, you know, Mahomes, same thing, chance to elevate, but he hasn't been spectacular this year. You know, Matthew Stafford, I think a lot of people, me included, thought he was going to have an incredible year, but he's been, you know, Matthew Stafford. Um, Yeah, it's just been a, a kind of a bummer year. Like, I mean, Jonathan Taylor had a lot of momentum after last week, and then he gets completely shut down yesterday for almost the whole game. I know he got a late touchdown and, and put up some yards at the end, but he was shut down like the whole game essentially. So that's disappointing. And also I just don't think that there are that many like really bona fide, awesome teams this year. I think a lot, I think the, a lot of the teams that we thought were really, really good have shown to be maybe a little bit less good over the past few weeks. I mean, the, the, the bucks are not a juggernaut. They're, they're good, but they're not, you know, they're definitely flawed. You know, the, the Patriots, honestly, are probably the best-looking team right now. Uh, Patriots or the Packers are probably the two best. And I and I don't really trust the Packers, and I, I, don't, I don't really think the Patriots will continue to be that good. But, yeah, I just think it's been kind of a black season, and I just don't – I don't really love – like, I don't love the NFL the way I love college football, but this year definitely is, like, a huge – there's a huge divide between the two because I just don't really care. There's not really – any narrative or team or player that I really uh, have been impressed by. So anyway, those are my takes. Anyone feel like pushing back, feel free. But if not, 
Josh, why don't you give us a couple takes? All right. So my first take, it was very, very briefly hinted at earlier. Um, my first take is that Aiden Hutchinson will win the Heisman. Um, okay. I don't think there are enough legitimate offensive performers this season to deny him the Heisman, especially after um, Saturday's game. I know a lot of people are really hyped about Bryce Young, but he looked horrible against Auburn, and I don't really understand why um, the Heisman selection committee would watch a game like that and think, hey, this should be the Heisman winner. Um, I think Aiden Hutchinson has played phenomenally in almost every game, um, at least the ones I've seen him in. So I think he is more deserving of any other player. I think he, this is finally going to be the year where we'll get a defensive lineman to win it. And then my second take, I do not really think this through very well, but I'm going to, again, revert back to one that I've had before. Um, actually, I haven't had this one before. But, yeah, um, Iowa basketball is a legitimate legitimate team. Like, we are, I think, better or at least a better contender for um, the NCAA tournament and, like, a deeper on the NCAA tournament this season than we were last season um, just because we're a more complete team and we have more athleticism and more potential defensively than we did last year, mm. um, I think we got a chance. If we can put together complete games um, going forward, I think we can finish with a pretty solid record, and I think that will get us a pretty high seed and give us a decently easy path to this Sweet 16 for the first time in a long time. There so, you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. couple takes. Good stuff. Take right. Why don't you give us a couple takes? Okay, first take. Baseball is even worse than golf. <laughs> At least in golf, I know someone's going to hit it every time. Oh, yikes. And baseball, you essentially never get that at this point. Also, we always think of golf as, like, one of the slowest sports. Have you ever watched baseball? It's like – No, I usually fall asleep as soon as I do. A snail going through cardiac arrest trying to crawl its way to a hospital. And it can't, and it's so slow. And I hate it when the pitcher, I hate it when the pitcher takes 10 minutes to like look back and make goo goo eyes at the guy on first base to be like, don't, don't, don't steal. And winks at him, you know, I, it's just annoying. Just throw the ball. You never have this in softball. Anyway, mm. I would rather watch golf than baseball. That's a hot take. It's a new take for me. I've, you know, done some introspective thinking lately. Yep. Baseball is not good. Mm. To continue, second take, y your chances to be a good football team if you have a good mascot are way higher, to be honest. Okay. Example, Alabama. They got a big elephant. Do you know what his name is? Elephant. So you don't big, even know what his big, name is? Big Tide. Big Al. That's close enough. Yeah. Um, anyway, he could he's pretty big. He could fight probably a lot of other mascots and win. Mm. A corn husker. Mm. Maybe good a few years ago, like 20 years ago, before uh we all knew that you can buy tigers for two thousand dollars thanks to Tiger King. Um, 
And so now in the United States, there are just more tigers that could be a guy who husks corn oh, than, there, than okay. there were 20 years ago. Yeah. Corn husker, not a good mascot. Sure. Uh, a terrapin, terrible mascot, not a good team. Not even, just call it a turtle, even. It's not even anyway. Just call it a turtle. Uh, Boilermaker, better than teams with mascots that they could successfully boil. So mm. a hawk, easy to boil. Mm. Beat them every time. Yep. Um, something like Big Al, much harder to boil. Yeah. Think of the size of pot you'd have to have. Oh. And then the one exception to this is the Buckeyes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because in what world should a nut be better than anything else? It can't, it's not, it can't move. Yeah. And yet the yeah. Buckeyes, they endure. They endure. Two takes. There you go. Very Better good. if you have a good mascot. That's true. So if you're starting a college, pick a good mascot. Exactly. So if you be want to be a coach at a school that's successful, I encourage you to pick a school with a mascot that can at least move. I'm trying to remember the team that we picked in the com- or in the NCAA tournament to win because um, in our mascot bracket. Yeah. Because they were the, the, dragons. the dragons. Yes. But I don't remember what school it was. They lost in the first. Was it UAB? Drexel. It's Drexel. Yes. I thought it was Drexel. Oh, it's Drexel. I Dragons. thought it was Drexel, totally but I wasn't hundred percent right. sure. Yeah, they lost in the first round, mm-hmm. but the one in our hearts. Yes. Well, give us a couple takes. All right, first take. This one might be a little bit of a not the most accurate take, but uh, my take is that super teams are down and that they're not a very good way to win an NBA championship. Oh boy! Evidence in point. The the Bucks last year won it. They aren't necessarily a super team. Uh, they drafted Giannis. They've they put players together, sure, but they're not like a super team like they've like a classic super team. Uh, this year we have the Warriors and the Suns, both incredibly hot right now. Neither of them are real super teams, and the fact that they had superstars come together, most of them have been built through the draft. So. Mm. Super teams on the way out in the NBA. I like I that know. take. I like that take. I like that draft. Take. Draft building is the way to go. Um, the second take is uh, sports parents really stop trying to interfere with organizations, uh, organizational, um, I guess decisions in at the NFL. Um, I saw there was someone, some people who were sharing that Kareem Hunt's dad was mad about the Browns and just because your player is, or your, your son is garbage does not mean that you have to, <laughs> you have to be mad about the, your, the team he's playing on um, succeeding or not. Uh, this may have been a completely false post, but it's more on the heels of the Odell Beckham junior situation. Um, we all saw how that went. Odell went to the Rams and the Rams lost two in a row. So mm-hmm. I, feel like I think other take hidden in there. Yes, I know, but um, I feel like I feel like it's just not helpful at all when the family members of a player are publicly blasting uh, an organization. Um, I just feel like it creates uh, a lot of discontent and discord, and it's just going to lead to a bad situation on both sides. So my take is just if you have a grievance, do it privately. There's no reason to air it out publicly. So. Mm. Will, is there an acceptable age for your kid to be where they're young enough for you to, to voice your opinions? And where is that age if there is one? 
I think if you're gonna if you're gonna voice your opinions, uh, first I really don't think it's a smart thing to do. Period. But if there's gonna be an age to do it, I would say um, basically I would say maybe like eighth grade is when you can stop or you should stop because at that point they the player can talk for themselves, um, and at that point you're just coming off as like trying to relive your glory days in high school or completely or unknowledgeable if you're if it's college or like the NFL or something like that. So dang. Eighth grade. Eighth grade. At that point, you can you cannot you cannot publicly blast the uh, the organization that your child is a part of. But up until then, you can rant about it all you want. What is your opinion on other family members, such as like obviously since we're talking NFL, like a spouse? Is that okay if if like is there the- is there is there a case that I can refer to for this? I have definitely heard of. Um, so I know for sure that Brad Beal in the NBA, his wife is like fairly um, active on like social media about just like anything that comes up, uh, whether it's like people denigrating his play or um, like him not getting enough playing time or something, something like dumb like that. It's like multiple times that's happened. What's the opinion there, Will? I think that that's not really a smart thing to do. You're not in the position of the coach. You don't have control over that. You don't know what it's like to lead a team um, in that situation. Uh, I think that a lot of those takes can just be uh, not shared or just brought up individually with the coach. There's no reason to make yourself look like a fool on social media. Mm. But is it okay if you pull a Matt Stafford's wife and you throw a pretzel at a fan bad-mouthing your husband at the game? Um, you do you, I guess, in that situation. Mm. Okay. Will is pro-pretzel. Pretzel heat. Pro-pretzel throws. Anti-social media posts. Anti-social media posts. I like this. We need, we need Will. I think going forward, we'll have to bring these situations up to Will, and mm-hmm. Will can give us a verdict yes. on – Who's in the wrong here? Yeah. Will is Will is our right. judge. Be, Will. Be, be ready for the most inconsistent rulings of all time. Mm. Well, probably that's, no different. That's than a the lot justice of system. So definitely no different than judging who should be in the college football playoff mm. or in the that's AP true. Pool. That's true. All right, I think that's all we've got for the evening. Thank you all for your takes some spicy ones mm-hmm. uh, on this evening. Thanks for tuning in for our, uh, our sports podcast. I think we'll have an, another one coming out later this week where we'll talk, I think about some, some movies and shows and stuff and just kind of talk about our week as well. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but yeah, for the, the four of us at the Cogito Ergo Oro podcast, thanks for listening.